are back behind a badge episode whatever and that opening was ecstasy of gold in honor of my buddy the great opie from the opie and anthony show now All right, man. I, I thought that was uh the music from a montage scene on the mandalorian or something bro <laughs> you threw me off with that so you know before we get started the um the the paris hilton has tried to go after him and um and his old partner from the opening Anthony from the opening Anthony show. For what? Because this is the whole cancel culture bullshit. They did an interview with her. Now these two, Opie and Anthony, don't talk to each other at all. Okay. Like completely cut ties. And for people that don't know who that is, they were they were the um probably the the greatest radio shock jocks is you know what you would think of them. Since Howard Stern, they were even better than Howard Stern. Oh my God, the greater than the great Howard Stern. Yeah, right. you know he 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 um you know the guy that invented the internet and everything. But even yeah. like Joe Rogan credits them for his success. Everybody does. You know they were great. Okay. So, about I guess ten years ago, they did an interview with her mm-hmm. when she was doing her reality TV show with that Nicole Richie kid, whatever. What was that called? The real life or something? Uh, if you know it, I think I'm taking your man card. I don't know. I, I remember the show vaguely because, I mean, it was one of the first kind of shows of that nature, I guess. I mean, well, the real world was probably the first reality show. But I mean, that was life. I guess, simple they, life. That's simple it. life. Simple there you life. Go. So they any, are some simple ass people, aren't they? Yeah. So any regardless, whatever it, they did an interview with her. She came into XM radio at the time and. Mm-hmm. She gave them nothing. You you can see the video. It's just awful. They're just like, it, it's embarrassingly bad. They're trying to just get anything out of her. She's just not budging. And it was just awful. Do you, do you think she's not budging or is she just a, a vapid imbecile? Well, I mean, what would you think you would get out of her? Well, regardless, she's both. But you got to mm-hmm. give and take a little bit. Regardless, it was just yeah, an awful yeah. interview 10 years ago that no one ever remembered or cared right. about. So I guess one of her fans saw the interview recently on YouTube and sent her a message like, oh, this is horrible how they treated you. This is an outrage. And mm-hmm. of course, Paris saying, oh, here's my chance to get back in the spotlight. Yeah, we forgot about her. Yeah, start talking shit like it was awful. I can't believe, motherfucker, you didn't even have no idea where you even were 10 years ago. So this is for this is from a person who's famous for a porn video, right? So yes. I mean, for real, this and was a low point. There's a girl who's crazy. famous for no fucking reason. Like yeah. your mom, your dad was is a hotel, you know, ty- tycoon. Like you did nothing, and she yeah. introduced the world to Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so they've been, you know, Thanks, people have been Paris. breaking. Thanks. They, I know, right? So they have people been breaking his, you know, his balls and Anthony's balls, and they're like trying to cancel them both again, and they're mm-hmm. like, we don't even fucking have a show anymore. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, it's just the shit's just the run wild. Matter. It's outrageous. It's, I guess, the new world we live in. But, yeah. all right, so I want to talk, you know, this week we want to, um, we're going to dive into the whole sex trafficking, you know, insanity that's should be the one of the top issues in our country. And mm-hmm. for some reason, never is. Did you just see uh, 150 kids were just rescued? Um, no, I mean I've seen I've seen multiple um, storylines like this where large groups of children that are being trafficked are found, and it's kind of like who cares? Did Donald Trump tweet something? Today? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? When, when this should be this should be the prime news. It is absolutely insane. I think it was in Cincinnati even. Um, okay. Hundred fifty kids rescued by marshal, ta- by the marshals, task force, police. Everybody's involved. They're all there. And it's something that should be the headline of every fucking news station across the country. And it's not. It was just passing by. Oh, and by the way, yeah, we saved 150 kids. Well, what was it? What was the? Tra- I mean, you know, I've got issues with the term trafficking, honestly, and the way that it's. Well, um, Rico, I, I, I know you do. But the fact of the matter is there's 100 fucking 50 kids enslaved, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, somehow is, or another. What, and, know. what was the deal with the kids? Are they being sex trafficked? Or yes, like, are that, they being, that's what they said. They, they were being trying to sex put over the trafficked. Border? They didn't what say did, no. They were insensitive. They were these were missing kids. That's the crazy important. part. It was missing children. 150 missing children that were being used um, as sex slaves. That's Good it. Lord. And that was and that's it. It just passes over and that's the end of it. So well, I mean, didn't they have something like that in Georgia not that long ago yeah, or somewhere just, else? Yeah, it was. Um, 
There was a big one in Georgia, and then there was another one where it was across the country, where yeah. uh, multiple states, multiple um, jurisdictions were involved, and, you know, again, like another 100-plus kids rescued. It might even been more. Hmm. But the reason I bring it up is I just watched this movie now. You know about it. I I see a lot of these stories over the years. You see it, you you watch it, you hear it, and you're like, oh, that's fucked up. But then you kind of forget about it. Mm-hmm. And the movie's called A Girl in the Basement. And it's a, regarding a dad who kidnaps his own 18-year-old daughter at the time, mm-hmm. throws her into this um, dungeon he's, he's built in his basement in Austria. Yep. Yep. She's there for 24 years, has seven kids, yeah. One of which it dies. And now the movie chops it all up. They kind of. Is this know, a documentary or like. No, a this was like a movie, film. like real actors involved. Um, right. But they they kind of, you know, take some of the. They, they make it a little more dramatic. How the girls rescued and all. Not a lot of the stuff is accurate. But regardless, it was. Uh, to, be, to be fair, if you just go on the um, Netflix, I mean, I know there's documentaries. His name is Joseph Fritzel. Okay. Um, there's multiple documentaries out about it. That's, I mean, I've seen those. I haven't seen this video you're talking about, the movie, but I've seen, you know, multiple um, yeah, documentaries about this it, guy. It's a movie on human. on the life on Lifetime, and for anyone that hasn't seen it, go check it out. But that's the basic story. He kidnaps his kid, throws her in his dungeon he's created in his house, and she is there for fucking twenty four years. And the only the, reason she got rescued was one of the kids he fathered with his own daughter, one of the, you know, the seven, gets really sick. And yeah. he takes the kid to the hospital, but takes the kid with a note from the mom. Like, the mom's not even there. And bravo to the people in the hospital. They realized, whoa, something ain't right here. Do yeah. an investigation. Boom. Well, weren't the kids super, like, malnourished or something for their size or for their age, rather? Yeah, I mean, there was something's up here. There was, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, uh, it was just awful. You know, I I couldn't really even read the true story of it. You know, the 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 movie they make it a a little more. If you hear the real details, dude, they're disturbing, man. And the other crazy thing, I mean, like his his family is there. Right. His wife is there when this happens. Right. I mean, I don't know how it is at your house, but if I had people trapped in my basement and disappeared for extended periods, my wife would probably catch on. I can, yeah. You know? uh, I would say, uh, uh, yeah, there's no, yeah, I don't the, know how you do that, but. Well, I mean, I know here's, here's the story. I mean, he allegedly had told the wife that the daughter ran away. Right. And he actually bought some of the kids that he fathered with the daughter. Brought them home. Into his home and told his wife that they were, you know, I, I think that the daughter had left them on the doorstep. Uh, okay. Bullshit. But I mean, still, I mean, come on, man. What level of you yeah, know, in the movie, ignorance do you have to have for that to happen? Right. In the movie, they he, she has a kid and she's like, I can't. You got to take this kid somewhere and, you know, take him upstairs. So he, she writes a note saying, Mom, everything's OK. Um, You know, blah, blah, blah. Just I met a guy. Here's our baby. We can't take care of it. I'll talk to you soon. And he brings the kid on. But in reality, it was three kids. Listen, dude, listen, mm. I, I can't take a shit in my house without six people bothering me. You telling me this guy's got a secret dungeon where he's got the daughter well, wrapped up. Now, hold now children, here's where babies crying. Listen, that's insane. This is where now we've uh, I mean, we've seen some creative um, people, let's just say, yeah. in our job trying to hide from us. OK. Mm-hmm. I mean, people hiding in places in a house in a row home that you didn't think really existed. Mm. You know, there's a little, you know, a little fucking four by four fucking attic that no one ever knew was there or yeah, yeah, yeah. hollowing out uh, a dresser and hiding in there. A piece so of drywall you, so in the are basement. You, are you buying the wife didn't know? No, I don't. I don't know. I would have to see the actual property. I mean, you could build. I, I, I don't know. It could be a bomb shelter that, you know, was there for a previous house or something. And you come creeping out the bomb closet, man. But just think about it. Does anyone bother you when you go into? I don't. I don't know how it is for you. Yes, I get bothered constantly. Yes, I I don't. don't. About your life, nobody bothers me. 
Like, it's the greatest thing ever. I go in, uh, you know, I'm in my house. I could go downstairs. My kids will yell for food. That's about it. And then I tell them to, you know, shut up, leave me alone, cook yourself. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah, no one knows what, you know, I could sit downstairs and no one will bother me down there. Um, so I'm sure you're, it, people are capable of doing this. Now, it's also a control thing, too. I'm sure he has some control over the wife where she's not allowed to ask questions. Yeah, you know yeah. things like that. It, it's not impossible to think this can happen because here's the problem, Professor. It does happen, and we've seen it. You know, but here's one of those things. You know, I, I guess I've always had a hard time accepting this. I get that you may be conditioned or beat down by life, and you're in a position where you can't ask questions. But for me to posit that the wife's unaware that this is happening to me is just patently absurd. No, um, well, you know, I, again, we don't. Maybe I, she's I, powerless to stop it or whatever. But to say that you're unaware of it, like, oh shit, didn't know there was a secret dungeon in my basement. Like, I don't know. On, man, that's a bit absurd. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is. I think it can happen. Um, mm-hmm. I would have to know more about the layout of the property. I would have to know more about their relationship together. I would have to, you know, whether pro- or, whether or not he's Illuminati. I know how you're thinking. Exactly. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it. it it reminds me of a lot of the girls we dealt with on the Ave. So mm-hmm. for, for what people won't ever understand is the the control that some of these girls fall under. And it, it's almost unbelievable. So we've talked before about the three pimps from Kensington when mm-hmm. we worked there. Uh, you're familiar. You know, the guy, Teddy and Bishop. Yeah. Well, there was a third yeah. one that we dealt with for years after you were gone guy named Abdul. Yeah. And all three of them controlled, what would you think, 50 girls on yeah, any given I mean, day? I mean, a lot. I mean, they'd have sometimes multiple houses. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot they of did. people. They owned probably, I think at one time we we counted 16 houses. So here's three different guys. Now, the guy owned Bishop. air quotes. Controlled is probably the better word, but yeah. Well, they, he actually, the guy Teddy owned them. Like, his yeah. name was on them. Um hmm. So Teddy and Bishop were technically like partners, and then Bishop mm-hmm. broke off on his own. The guy Abdul was his own, you know, fucking a pimp, rival, whatever he is. Well, they they weren't even rivals because they just all shared the same women. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is they would find these girls, um, get their hooks into them, bring them into their house. So what they did is they provided shelter, and this is the this is how the game works. It's not like what you would see on TV. Where, yeah, where they snatch you up from the mall. Right, where not they get you from the mall. Happen, but that's not the norm. Throw you out on the corner and then drive by in her caddy and you got the girl hands them a wad of, you know, hundreds for her yeah. work at that night. It's not what, that's not the reality. What happens. Nobody's dressed like Andre 3000, right? Exactly. Nobody's, you know, with his, uh, with his high, what were the, the fucking, the, 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 the fish the shoes. Down later gators? No, the fish shoes, the fish high tops, where they yeah, the yeah, little aquarium yeah. high top shoes. Get, I'm going to get you sucker. I'm going to get you sucker, yeah. yeah. But so what they do, they have all these properties and they rent rooms to the girls. And that's how they control them. So they yeah. give them a place to stay. And we've been in all these fucking places. It is a room the size of a row home Small bathroom, bathroom usually. Yeah. With a mattress with, you know, no fucking sheets or anything, maybe a, a dresser and just trash everywhere. And here's what they always yeah. ate. Peanut butter and jelly. You would yeah. see bread and peanut butter. That's all these girls were given. The CFCF special. Exactly. So what what um the fucking scumbag pimps would do is get charged them a price a month or a day even, a night, whatever it was. So these girls would mm-hmm. have to make this amount of money. For their rent. Yeah. And that's how they got paid. And then they well, would I mean, also. To be fair, though, I mean, they, they kept them hooked on heroin. Essentially well, that's too. the other part of it. They would give them drugs become, as part of it. And become the exclusive supplier, more or less. So, And they would put them out there. Now, Bishop and Teddy were kind of, you know, morons with the whole thing. They just kept getting more girls. We would lock them up. They would go out and find the other ones. The guy, Abdul, tried to be more businesslike. So when yeah. the girls had a warrant, he would make Try them go down it. and get it taken care of. He would make them, if they were on probation, go see their PO every month. Sure. So you don't come running up in their so spot. We and don't come around. Yeah. And it was he. He tried to do. 
he tried to get us in trouble. Uh, I think he went to the FBI, said we yeah. were harassing him. Hmm. And they basically were like, Dude, get the fuck out of here. So he he was one of the guys that it was business when we when we dealt with him. It was, mm-hmm. all right, here are the girls. Here's the real IDs. Here's the real names. But he had their IDs, too. Mm-hmm. And these girls, a lot of these girls were afraid of him. It was, they were, like, mind-fucking-controlled by this dude. Mm-hmm. No one would ever give him up. Now, he had a secret house that we can never, ever find. That's where he would hide the girls that have warrants. And mm-hmm. he would... um you know, never get, we could never get to those girls. And we finally did find it. Uh, it was, I forget which street it was, but he had it guarded with dogs and everything. It was one of, I, w- I would have to say, it's one of the only times where, I, as a sergeant, I allowed my emotions to get the best of me because you yeah. know how it was dealing with these fucking scumbags. It, yeah, I mean, they're it, degenerates. They're they were, it, it, it was just the worst of the worst. And what they mm-hmm. were doing to these ki- these girls, some of them were kids, you know, young teenagers. Yeah. He had their hooks in a lot of them. So we used to always take it personal, you know, our squad. And yeah. you know how it was. If you didn't catch the person one day, you'll get them the next day. Who cares? But mm-hmm. whenever we dealt with these three um, scumbags, we always went the extra mile. Like, no, we're going to get them tonight. We're going to, you yeah. know, disrupt their... their um, you know, their, their business tonight, their enterprise. you know, so it, if anything, we don't find somebody, we're going to fucking make life hell for them. Mm-hmm. So we finally found the house. We got somebody to flip and we had a warrant for the girl in the house. And so we go, we're like, all right, boom, we're ready. Banging on the door, dogs there. And this is where I think it was the only time I really got in trouble at work. And it was more of a talking to yeah. our captain was pretty cool with us. So. But we ultimately took the door, got in, and they had to shoot the dogs. And, you know, it's whatever. Already pit bulls or something? Pit bulls, yeah. So he was, they were, they were very, <laughs> they were pissed that, you know. Ill, ill-tempered pit bulls. You know, it was like, fuck you. This is the game you guys want to play. Like, it was, it, it, we always did it, as much as we hated these fuckers and we wanted to smash their faces in. We always no, stay within the book. You got to remain professional. Yeah. We, we always kept it professional. You know, from time to time, it was a fuck you here or there, but we were always professional. We came to your house. We looked for the girls. We didn't go looking for drugs and all that shit. We didn't look to jam people up as much as we wanted to. We did yeah. it. We still said, all right, it's a warrant. We'll just keep doing this and disrupting them and, you know, basically ruining their nights when we come around. You know, so they, they started trying to take advantage of us. And hiding girls and then hiding them behind dogs and stuff like that. Um, you know, so once we once we got to that level and we realized, all right, these fuckers are going to start doing this shit. Like this was, a, you know, this is a, a counter move on their part to hurt us. That's how we looked at it. You know, now I know a lot of the people in the unit were just like, guys, what are you doing? It's just fucking whores. You know, who yeah, gives who a fuck? And it was different for us. You know, we hated these people for what they're doing to these people. Now, as, as, now I know, I know, hold on. I know what you're going to say. A lot of these girls choose it. A lot of the girls, this is the way they, you know, they want it to want it to work. And you're right. But the one girl, and I've told this story before, who uh, was an Archbishop Ryan girl, blonde haired kid. Pretty, like pretty till the day she died. She's one of those girls when you drove by her, you seen her, like that was a pretty girl that guys were chasing after in high school. Mm-hmm. And I used to bust her stones. And I, when I'd see her, I'd be like, oh, we are AR. You know how Archbishop Ryan people are. We are AR yeah, thing. Yeah. So we would always have a laugh with them. And again, although we locked these people up all the time, we were still, you know, civil with them. And when they weren't wanted, we'd talk to them. How, how's it going? And I mean, even when they were wanted, I mean, to some extent, you deal with these people um, so frequently. Right. I'm not saying you're friends, but I mean, it's like you're you're almost but like you have a conversation with them. It, like yeah. I've always asked every single person we ever locked up. How did you get in my car? Like what happened in life that led you to this day? And the stories are outrageous. 
Um, well, you know what, though, man? I mean, I think, honestly, most of the stories is kind of the same. It's generally met some dude, started doing heroin. Oh, no, no, yes. Bailed out or, you know, whatever, and now I'm here. It was partying with, of, so, it was partying with somebody or I was depressed yeah, yeah. over a guy or, you know, I started smoking weed. That didn't get it done. So then I moved on to the next level. But there was girls down there whose parents turned them out. There's a, there's a girl down there. We call her Sarah Patchell. It's not a real name. Um, mm-hmm. my, old bu- my old partner, you know, Yanni used to always want to lock her up. She mm-hmm. had a husband. So it was a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. He would pimp her out. Stand yes. on the corner, wait for her until she was done. She comes back. He takes her money. They go get high. And, you know, that was just normal to them. Rinse, lather, repeat. Do right. that every day. It was crazy. But the, what a, back to the girl. So what happened, she ODs in Bishop's house. And instead of fucking call 911, they roll her up in a carpet, throw her in the trunk of a car, wait till the middle of the night, dump her in an abandoned house. Yeah. Once they're done, they take off. A neighbor sees it, but the neighbor just thinks they're dumping trash. No big deal, because that's normal. Yeah, it's, it's common, yeah. That's normal around there. Smell. Um, most people have probably never smelled a dead body, you know, decomposing, but it is yeah. nasty. the worst fucking smell. People in the neighborhood smell it. They figure, hey, it's coming from this house. They go in. There's the girl, the Archbishop Ryan girl. Mm-hmm. When the cops get there, a girl that used to work for us at the warrant unit, used to work for me, is a cop in that district, knows the girl, went to school with her, and is pissed. The rats ate her face. Yeah, yeah, you told us about this one. Yeah, I remember this. But long story short, the guy Bishop's the one that fucking dumped her there. And she called me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, can you guys go get him? uh, He's the one that did this. And ultimately, he actually did go to jail. Only for... Mm -hmm. I think a year, but we always, it was oh, what, just abuse of a corpse or something. Exactly. Minor, was I assume. Yeah. Just, they couldn't prove that, you know, she, right. he, she was murdered, which we knew she was. Well, we, we strongly um, believed she was because she was giving us people all the time from the house. All the time. She was like, she would mark uh, such and such as wanted. They hide under this bed. They hide in this closet. Now, when we would go into these houses, they are, you watch, anybody that watches Hoarders on A&E, that's what a lot of these fucking houses would look like. So imagine going into a fucking house that you see on that show Hoarders and trying to find somebody that's hiding in there. Like, fuck that. That blows. Yeah. What this girl used to do is she would be like, oh, Mark, she'll be hiding in this upstairs closet behind the coats, under this trash, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we knew something was up with with her death. And, you know, it was just, it, we we always took it personal when it came to this to these three and a lot of the shit they did to the girls. Because when we would talk to them, as you said, we, you know, we, you know, just talk to them like normal when whenever we would see them. And you could tell a lot of them want to get out. But they just have no fucking, there's just no way to get out. The only well, I mean, help the, the they have is those this. guys. The, the problem is this, dude, and this is a problem with, uh, you know, a lot of the, the criminal justice system. Um, you know, I'm obviously, I'm, f- I'm former law enforcement. I'm very pro-police for the most part. Um, I do think there are some things we can change, some things we could do better. And I think one of the big problems is, you know, um, criminal justice and law enforcement is has this mindset where, you know, um, they see everybody the same, almost everything is a nail. And when you view the world as a nail, the only tool is a hammer. You know what I mean? So it's like we take these people and put them in prison or jail for short periods of time and you never really deal with the underlying problem. Um, so when we say these girls are trapped or they're stuck, what they really are is addicted to drugs. And as long as these guys are supplying drugs for them, they're content to do whatever to get what they need. Exactly. And that's, that, that's the real problem. Well, that's that's the you know that's their trick. That's how they keep them there. That's how they're able to do this. Send them out yeah, on the corner. I, I think the thing is, I mean, it, it's not like I, you know. I mean, we make it sound like these guys are not to say we are, but I mean, you know, like there's some brilliant dudes that have figured out some way to hoodwink people, and it's really not. It's really the easiest thing in the world, right? I mean, as long as oh, you no, constantly supply the drugs, to have a place d- yeah. for them to stay. No, it's it, it's, it's that easy. It is. It, it's literally that easy. It's they're just taking advantage 
of these girls at the worst possible moment of their lives. Yeah. And they hook them on this fucking drug that they can't get off. And that's it. The, well, at the, that point, and, you and right. This is a question. Do they hook them on it? I, I would I would venture to guess you're probably hooked on it already before you hook up with some pimp. Do you know what I mean? Sure. No, so I mean, there, probably, there were some of them that, you know, well, for whatever reason, if they if they they found some of the girls that were already hooked on the dope, most of the girls were already addicts at this point. And then what they do is they you offer them. You went down on Kensington Ave at four in the morning. Well, not even that. Well, dope. That's that's how we say it. But a lot of these people yeah. go down on Frankfurt Ave. A lot of them are in the neighborhoods. I mean, that's just when we say Kensington Ave. That's yeah, it's a just, generic term. It's almost. just a generic I, yeah. term. A lot of these girls are picked up in Frankfurt. A lot of them are picked up, you know, Port Richmond, Fishtown. Well, and back and then. here's the reality. Most of them aren't from Kensington. None I mean, of, almost none of them are. From other places. We've picked ones up from, you know, Ardmore, well, Mainline, here's the, here's the like thing. good places. All the girls that are basically under these controlled houses are not from Kensington. The girls no, that are from not. Kensington live there and live that lifestyle are all on their own. Um, yeah. They just know better. But he, uh, you, you know, so it was... It was just something where, you know, even the girl, Rachel, the girl, Rachel was basically, you know, my arch nemesis. I every time she was one, I made sure I fucking went high. I went high and low looking for her. Mm. And we literally locked her up like 30 sometimes. Mm. And she was the only one that would never give anything up. But she was so mind fucked by these people. And the only reason mm -hmm. I always went after her so hard was because I spoke to her dad. She was one of the first girls I ever locked up. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, as a new officer, you, you think you you have the um, the voice of reason. I can tell you, hey, life will be better if you just do this, this or that. Yeah. Don't yeah, worry. You know, not, yeah. You know, I don't know any better. And, uh, you know, bravo to the guys that worked with me. They never said, don't you dare say anything like yeah, that. Yeah. They let you try to. Try they let to you try it, man. They let you figure it out, and it was, you know, that was good. But yeah, she was one of those you're people. Welcome. You're welcome. I'll, I'll take all the credit. For yeah, that. You, you, it wasn't. It was actually. It was actually. <laughs> it was actually T. You know, T. Pain. So, but anyway. Yeah. He. Um, <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> she was. Uh, she was one of the people. My first ones. I mm. called her dad for her, mm. and I maintained a relationship with the dad in the beginning. And she was like, I want to get out of here. This, you know, Teddy's crazy. He controls our lives. He's threatened to kill our families and shit, which is probably true to an extent. Yeah. And I remember when I seen them, we went into a house maybe a week or two later to lock somebody up. And he started talking shit. He's like, oh, you think you can get my girls to turn on me? They came back yeah. here telling me they're laughing at you, motherfucker. These are my girls. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, dude. Forever, I will fucking be a thorn in your side. Yeah, and for well, I mean, decades, we that's were, all you man. can do, and that's 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 your part in this. You know what I mean? That's the role. There, make you you might you can't always stop, them, but you can try to make it as difficult as you can. There is God. So Rachel was a girl we locked up thirty sometimes. Um, we uh, found her hiding in a ceiling one time. That was funny. Yes. We we found a oh check this out. So we're out looking for her. All right. So when she's wanted, she knows to, I mean, hide. Yeah. Lay low, man. They know to do. And she was good, but we would always find her. Somebody would always say, oh, she's over at this new house. So we went looking for her. We went into the house. Uh, it was on Ontario Street. Mm -hmm. She wasn't there, but there was a note. There was a letter sitting on like the dresser. So, you know, looking from a distance, I was able to read. But it was a letter from her to Teddy. Mm -hmm. And it was, dude, He, she, it, like if this was a major criminal case, this letter would have indicted him. Mm -hmm. She says, she writes in there, you're making me work these streets when you know, she writes my name, if you said in the warrant, you're out looking for me. <laughs> you know, she's like, I can't believe you. All the times I've stuck by you, I've been by your side from day one. I've never, I'm the only girl that's never ratted you out, and you treat me like this. You throw me out of houses. You make me work the streets when they're looking for me. You're a piece of shit. 
you know, you hold this dope and she writes it. She writes it all out. You hold the dope over my head, knowing that I'm going to get sick. This isn't mm-hmm. right. I thought we were better. Blah, blah, blah. And it was crazy reading. It's like, wow, here it all is. Everything that we kind of thought all in a letter. Her, she was the one ride and die for this guy. And even that girl got shitted on. Crazy side oh, note I mean, to her, by the way. And I, I think I may have mentioned this. I don't know. When there there was um, the Kensington Strangler years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's running around strangling girls in Kensington. I think he killed four or five girls. They were um, the cops, the special victim unit, were just picking up dudes, just grabbing guys off the street, bringing them in, swabbing them. And there, anybody fit this guy's, um, you know, bio or the, you know what the guy looked like, they asked us, "Can you bring them in?" So we're picking up guys, dropping them off, dropping them off. We get a call from a detective, and it, and he was like, "Hey, listen, I was told you guys know a lot of girls down in, on the Ave." He's like, "I'm trying to find Rachel," you know. Yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah, I can get all of her." I was like, "What's up?" And well, here she was raped, mm-hmm. and yeah, they yeah, got a hit. Story. I remember that. Right, and they got a hit. I found her. I was like, "Rachel, they found the guy that raped you." She's like, "Yeah, I don't care." Yeah, she's like, part of the game. Now she was one of those willing girls. Like, hey, this is the life I'm living. It I chose it. Whatever. Um, there was a girl, a girl Rosemary. We locked up twice. Nice girl. Had had you taken her off of Kensington Ave mm-hmm. and walked by her on, you know, Frankfurt Ave up near Morell, mm-hmm. you would think, oh, this is just a normal, good-looking, pretty girl. So we lock her up. She has one warrant. Been locked up twice ever. One was for prostitution. One was for drugs. And what happened? She her prostitution was. A guy pulls up, hey, you know, do you want to want to date? She's like, I don't do that shit. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, come on, let's date. She's like, I don't, you know, I'm not that kind of girl. I'm not a hooker. He's like, well, how about we get high together? She's like, oh, I'll split. I'll go do dope with you. It, which is crazy <laughs> yeah. because some of the girls, you know, some of the people are like that down there. Like, I ain't going to do that. That's disgusting. Oh, but I'll go do that. Yeah, no idea what it is. All right. She had no idea. She gets in, boom, copped, you know. So she used to, Teddy used to try, or Bishop used to try to get her all the time. Like, always try to fucking recruit her. Because she's clean, yeah. pretty, and li- and she lived there. She lived right off of Kensington Ave, um, mm-hmm. a block past Lehigh. I forget the name of the street, but she was like three houses in. And, you know, so she was like, I'll help you guys out. All she asked for, I think, was, you know, like... Whenever we, whenever she had a warrant to just, can she get a free pass? Let her turn herself in or something. And we were like, yeah, and she never had one. So we were like, okay, this is pretty much like a one-way street here, but okay. So she used to hang out with the girls of Bishop's house because a lot of them were bisexual, and this girl was a, mm-hmm. was, um, a lesbian. So she used to date one of the girls, and she used to give us everything. Mm-hmm. We had one time, did we ever find drugs in any of the houses of these three scumbags? And it was the time Bishop's house. So we go, Rosemary said, listen, at this time, he's getting a delivery. He's going to get his, you know, bundles, whatever. He hides them in the basement. When you go knock on the door, her girlfriend's going to open it up for us. So we go. Bang on the door. Girlfriend opens it up. We're in there fast. Now, that's what she said. She got to get in fast because he's going to um, try to flee down to there if he has time and really hide it. Mm-hmm. So we get in. We found all these girls. It was one night. It was, it was the one time where there was a lot of girls in there. I guess they didn't really um, expect us that night for whatever reason. Long story short. Bundles of fucking heroin right where they said it would be. So we wound up calling detectives in. They sweep the house. Narcotics tears it up. House is not in Bishop's name, we find out. The house is in this girl's name. His his girl, his like official girlfriend. Do you remember this name? Lakeisha Brown. She might have been. 
She, well, the reason this name stands out, you hear Lakeisha Brown. What do you think? What do you mean? Black female. Yeah, I guess Lakeisha Brown. Fair enough. enough. Yeah, no. This is a green-eyed white girl, light brown hair. Mm -hmm. Funny backstory to that name. Her dad. Her real name. That's her real name. So okay. when she first told us that, we all laughed at once. We're like, bah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's your name, Lakeisha. Yeah, Brown. it sounds like you think it's a fake name. Right. So the backstory to her name we find out later is her dad was in love with this black woman named Lakeisha Brown. So when he had his own daughter, his first daughter with this other white woman, the dad said her name is going to be Lakeisha Brown. That's a bit crazy. Ain't that crazy? That's how she yeah, got the name Lakeisha Brown. So Lakeisha is the actual owner of the house. And this is how mm-hmm. she got onto our radar for the next decade after that. They lock her up. She's in charge of the house. She gets arrested for the drugs. Mm-hmm. He Lakeisha, Lakeisha was Bishop's girlfriend, wife, whatever you want to call it, like Rachel was yeah. to Teddy. And Abdul mm-hmm. had one girl as same, like call them house moms, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. They had a kid together, Bishop and Lucretia. After the kid was born, they sent mm-hmm. the kid over to Bishop's ex-wife, who's like a 55-year-old lady. So this lady takes his kid. This is how crazy of a fucking world these people live in down there. So we locked her up. She gets on her radar for the next 10 years because of that. Um, the house had this smell. I still remember this. This smell of this fucking house. Uh, you remember the Kensington smell? No, I can't smell. Remember, oh, I was you, very gifted you, you in those days. can't fucking smell. That's right. I keep forgetting that. I can now. I've had surgery. I can smell now, but I couldn't for 20 Think years. about, for anybody that has no idea what this could possibly smell like, oh. You're, you have a, a trash bag in your house of food, you know, raw chicken, eggs, maybe a dirty diaper, and you dump it all in this trash bag, and you let it sit in a house that's maybe 90 degrees. But you let it sit for days, and then you keep And then you it. just stick your head in it. <laughs> and then you just fucking sit over top of it and take a big wolf, and whatever unimaginable smell you are thinking in your head, it's 100,000 times worse than that. Hmm. That's what a lot of these people smelled like. That's what a lot of these houses smelled like. It was the craziest fucking thing in the world. So this was a house on um, Bowdenot Street, which ultimately I think wound up burning down. That was his main house. We used to find. Oh, you know what? I'm going to I got to stop right there because that just reminded me of a fucking story. See, some of these stories just pop in. Do you remember when our partner, we hit a house on Bodnot Street? Now, I know you're not going to remember the streets because you have no fucking sense of direction. No, I'm not geographically very good. So it was me, you, and unnamed partner. Mm-hmm. We go into this house. The kid flies. They, they, everybody starts running out the fucking back as usual. We mm-hmm. wind up catching one, bringing him out front. He's not... He's not wanted, but we don't know it at the time. So me and you, we're trying to figure him out. He's handcuffed, and he starts talking shit to our said partner, unnamed partner. Mm-hmm. Unnamed partner fucking puts one on his chin. So we're like, what the fuck, man? Like, what are you doing, dude? Now, the guy was getting rough and maybe trying to escape. That's mm-hmm. what... Our partner thought, so we kind of said, okay, fine. Now, I don't know if you remember this. We figured a guy out. He's not, or he had traffic warrants. At, mm-hmm. And at that night, we weren't locking people up on traffic. So we're like, all right, motherfucker, here's the deal. We're going to let you walk. We're going to all call this a night. No bitching or moaning about anything that happened. Guy's like, fair enough, man. I appreciate it. Now, me and you, we're, we're cool with the guy. Mm-hmm. We take the handcuffs off him. And he starts getting tough with our partner. Mm-hmm. And remember, he calls him by name. He's like, oh, blank, you know, what's up, yeah. man? You hit me. Now, do I get a chance to hit you? And at first, yeah. we are all kind of like, oh, dude, 
just that's get the chill. Fuck. Just <laughs> laughing it. We all kind of laughed it off, like ha ha ha. You know that's funny, but he started getting hype. And remember, he's fucking double fisting on our truck. Like, come on, motherfucker, to our partner. Like, let's go. He's like, I want a fair one right now. Do you remember that? Um, we had no, to jump to in because you you were finally like, motherfucker. Like, I'm going to fucking get you. Like, we're cutting <laughs> you a fucking like deal. We're, we're, you were like, we're cutting you a fucking break here. You want to play this fucking game? Like, yeah. put him back in cuffs. And yeah. he was like, oh, you know well, what? I'm, you guys, you're right. You're right. You guys are so cool with me. I'm so sorry. But to our partner, he's like, fuck you. You're a pussy hitting people in cuffs. And we, that was the first time we had to have a talk with each other. We were like, yo, dude, what the fuck well, are you I doing, mean, man? Look, to be fair, I understand that the job is very stressful. I understand that, you know, stuff happens. Um, but at the same time, man, you got to be in control. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And look, I'm not always in control. You're not always in control. You got to try to keep your head. And it's really hard sometimes because people are going to say things to you. They're going to provoke you. They're going to try to get you to react. Um, and, you know, look, like anybody, cops have bad days, right? Um, anybody can have a bad day. You push someone's buttons on the wrong day, something might happen, man. You know how it is. Yeah. And again, we gave him the benefit of the doubt. But the problem we had at that moment was he was allowing this guy to steal his heart. Yeah. Like yeah. we were both, me and you kind of stepped back, like, all right, how are you going to handle this? Because he's calling you yeah. out in front of a lot of people right now. And the one thing we had down in Kensington and everywhere we went as the warrant unit is we had the fucking respect of the people yeah, on the street. I think we did. You know, I think we did. And, well, look, and to be fair, I mean, it's not just like fear. I mean, I think that um, no, it you know, was, a lot it of was people respect because we didn't well, pound on you for no reason. Yeah, yeah. If we get and, well, and, and to be fair, we also didn't do like you know, no offense to the regular PD, but like you know, I mean, I've been out there with the regular PD. You tell them your name is Huckleberry Finn, and they'll go look it up. And when it's not Huckleberry Finn, let you go. Right. You know what I mean? So I mean, I think they knew like we played a different type of game. Uh, we weren't there to jam you up over five dollars worth of heroin. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I wasn't there to charge you for having and works on you or whatever. If we whooped your ass. You were well, no, definitely you deserved it, you yeah. deserved yeah. it. and that was the yeah. that was the respect that we all had. Because uh, you remember, you take people up to the prison after we had to lump them up a little bit, and as soon as you walked in, they would all be like, "Oh, what did you do?" Not yep. like, "Oh, yep. you fucking piece of shit cops beating up this poor guy." No, it was, yeah. "What the fuck did you do to the warrant unit?" Because we well, never look, to be to be fair, man. I mean, we, I'm not trying to fill out paperwork. I'm not trying to have a hospital case. I'm I'm trying to get in and out of this shift, do my gig. Yeah, you know. Now I'm not one of these but, guys that does nothing. We come in, we hustle. Well, no, we it, was, it was it was it was it was a give or take. It was uh, an understanding between everybody. It was kind of That's not street streets. justice, but we were able to figure it all out at that moment and send everybody mm -hmm. on their ways without jamming up the court system without. Filling out fucking yeah. two hundred page detail reports on nonsense. We were able to square it away on the street, and that's where we got a lot of respect from from the street people. But yeah. it was moments like that where well, that loses it for you. That loses it for you. That loses it. Now, same situation happens around the corner, maybe years later. I don't. You weren't there, but we're on the corner of Kensington and Somerset, mm. and for anybody. Who's think hears me say that Kensington and Somerset? It is probably to this moment the worst intersection in the country. As oh, they're far, million dollar drug corners, man. You know, as far as just everything that is wrong with the world or, or wrong with America is on that corner. And I'm actually going to take video. I'm going to go probably now. It's starting to warm up. I'm going to do a drive by of all the hot spots we used to hit. I'm going to post it on Facebook. Twitter and Listen, YouTube for people to see. And I I'm telling you, tell. you have I'm no going, fucking. I'm going notorious big. I got a story to tell. So do you remember, um, this is a little more lighthearted, I guess, but um, we worked nights, my entire law enforcement career, I worked nights. So 11, 11 at night to seven in the morning, right? 11 to seven. Um, towards the end of our, my career with the Warren unit, <clears throat> we, I worked uh, the, weekend. the weekend shift with you and greatest, some other guys. Greatest, greatest team ever in law enforcement history. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. The one thing that I always enjoyed about working nights, I'm naturally a night person anyway. I hate being up early in the morning. Oh, um, but the too. one thing I loved was many times, you know, we'd get done work, say you're done at 7 a.m., we'd be back in the office by, you know, 6, 6.30 or whatever, you're doing your paperwork, you're done. Um, a lot of times we'd wind up coming over to my house 
And, you know, we'd have a bunch of dudes drinking beers in the yard at, <laughs> at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Because we, because our Friday night was essentially, I guess, Friday morning at 7 a.m. or, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And um, I, I remember one time, do you remember rolling down the Kensington Ave and the, going down to the bar? Were you with us? We went for we my birthday, right? Didn't we? Huh? We all went out on my what? birthday. We did the Kensington tour, right? Yeah. Do you remember we, we rolled in the bar and everybody came running out the uh, doors? It looked like it looked like a house on fire where people running out the doors and we came in the front because they <laughs> thought we were raiding it. And we were just down there having a laugh down to have a beer and everybody came piling out the doors. Dude. It was it was the bar right at um Kensington and it's um I think we're I Street and the Nango, I think, all connected. I forget the name. Lose. It was, it was. I think the bar's name was Lose. Yeah. So it wasn't in the morning. It was a night. It was like a Thursday night for my birthday. We were was all going out. It was my, I remember, it was my birthday. So we were all going out. And <laughs> we all rolled in there. It was like me, you, Dan, Kane. Um, there was like 10 of us. All of us. I so, think we were probably somewhere first is my guess. But Well, we wound up going in there. Then we went to uh, the bar Kensington at Somerset, which is in the Rocky movies. If you ever, anyone watches the Rocky movies, just um, the early ones. It's he's the in one that, with the flaming dice or whatever, right? Yeah, I, I forget what it's called. Um, but the bartender in the uh, in the movie, uh, when it's Rocky Balboa, when he comes out of retirement and fights um, the dude in Vegas, the actual real boxer, I forget his name. But there's Tommy a, Morrison? No, was it? T- Tarver? Antonio Tarver. Oh, Antonio Tarver. Yeah, yeah, he he was Mason Dixon in that one. And oh, he was he was he was um, tutoring Tommy Morrison essentially, right? Training him. The next one, not that movie. Oh, okay. The it was just Rocky Balboa. But anyway, there's a bar scene where there's some there's a a couple girls come up to him, start talking shit like a fucking true Kenzo, like they nailed that. And the hmm. bartender comes over and says, "Hey, Rock, what's that all about?" She's the actual bartender. She works there. Right? But anyway, we wound up going into that bar. Mm. Then we get, went to fucking um, Fishtown. And <laughs> by that time, I think the whole fucking night, everybody was half shot in the ass and wound up in 19 yeah. different places. But yeah, we went and we did our own Kensington run. Oh, there, this brings up another person. So there was a kid named Anthony. Remember Major? And yeah, he yeah. had a wife named Nicole who had fake mm-hmm. boobs. Mm-hmm. that one of her Johns paid. So mm-hmm. when she was a little bit healthy and got out, you know, did a 30 day run in um, RCF and came out healthy, she looked pretty, you know, she looked pretty Yeah, with big giant fake boobs. But when she was all cracked out, it was the mm-hmm. weirdest looking thing because she would be like 60 pounds with these two fucking men, you know, with these double D fucking knockers there. Yeah. It just looked awkward. But when we were, when we were out that night drinking, I don't know if you remember this, but, one of our partners, uh, Bill, we're driving down the street, you know, driving down Kensington, and we see him, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, my, there's Major, there's Major. Mm-hmm. So we drive by, he fucking puts his hand out the out the window and smacks him on the back of the head, and he goes, Anthony! Oh <laughs> he, was, he was on a bike, like, fucking crashes the bike and shit. It was so funny. God. Dude, I will give that man credit. Here was a guy that we... He was rarely wanted, and actually a fairly nice guy. I actually yeah. like talking to him a lot. Do you remember? It's Kensington, um, G in Kensington, or was it K? You remember Which the front? Where's the Seven Eleven? You know the Seven Eleven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? Right Kensington when you go past North, a few blocks down past North. Right, right. Yeah, that Seven Eleven. Yeah, what's it? Venango, right there. Kensington Venango. It's right. It's right. It used to be the chocolate factory right there. What was it called? Blazius? Or, was it Blazius? What Across was the chocolate the, factory there called? I, I, I don't know. Uh, oh, Frankfurt Chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it was right next to it, basically, right? Right. Well, across yeah. the street, I think it was the big furniture place. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it became abandoned. So I think I bought a sofa there back in the yeah. day. So uh, ultimately, it was an abandoned warehouse. Now, we used to go into these warehouses in Kensington. There was a lot of them before each one ultimately burns down. And he was wanted. So people used to tell us, like, he's hiding in that 
He's hiding in that factory. Six-story, massive, probably 40,000-square-foot factory. The one that burned down? Yes. I almost got killed in there one time, dude. I used to hate that place. We go in, and we were going in there every weekend for him, me, you, and Madhu. Every weekend, we would go in, and we were missing him. Yeah. And we'd finally, I think it was after like two months, and the wife gave him up. She's like, because she had a warrant. And we were like, look, we just want to catch him now because he's been getting away from us. We'll let you go. Yeah. How's he getting away from us? And she's like, you got to go around to the side. She's like, there's like this secret back door that we didn't know about. So when we would come in through the front of this abandoned factory, they could see us from like the fifth floor. And they're like, oh, here comes a warrant unit. Wait till they start walking up the ramps or whatever. He would sneak out the back. We sent Madhu back there. And Madhu, Madhu was so nonchalant when he would lock people up. You know, we would have a code. So whenever we would lock somebody up and we weren't with each other, we would say, you know, in custody, got him. You know, mm-hmm. holler, whatever. We would have a, we would listen, let each holler, other know. I, listen, you're talking to the originator of holler, you my did. friend. You did. But to here's the, the point. The point is, whenever we would, you know, lock somebody up, we would let everybody know, we got such and such here, here we are. When he would do it, he'd be like, hey, I got him. And that would be it. <laughs> I'd be like, what? What? What are you talking about? He was super fun to work with, dude, because he was a big dude. Oh, he was uh, great. He, He's uh, a he, big, tough guy, and you know, you you we had a lot of fun working with him, man. He was a really good dude. I I, I love working. He's the best. But he used to drive me nuts and be like, "What are you? What are you at? Where are you? You're just so bland about everything." It was like, <laughs> "Where the fuck are you?" So he stays at the secret, you know, exit and catches yeah. him, and he catches the kid, but he doesn't go hands on. He's like, "Yeah, I got mm. him." So we come back down. I. You, I think you were. You might have been gone by now. We come down. We're like, all right, where is he? He's like, oh, he went back in. We're like, we thought you had him. He's like, well, I couldn't get over the fence. <laughs> we're like, motherfucker, like, what are you doing? But dude, like, come on, man. Um, but we actually wind up finding him in there, hiding around. It was dude, uh, one of the first times I went into that. It factory. was fun. I love going into those places, man. Well, my, my only fear with it was it was a shoe factory or something, right? It used to make like inserts, orthopedic inserts or some crap. I don't because if you went down in the very basement bit, there was all these like weird shoe forms or something. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really weird. It was a weird. Um, it was really a scary place. I remember going in there one time, and um, we were up high on one of the higher floors, and it was me and um, old. I think it was me and Troy back in the day, and uh, we're walking up there. And for some reason, I just stopped. Like I was like, you know, you start, you hear something, you start moving quickly. And I was like, slow down, dude. This is a dangerous place. Just slow down. And I'm walking and walking. I don't know if you remember this. There was basically the floor had collapsed well, on the water. And to, to be fair, you literally thought everything was going to fucking collapse down there. So listen, dude, I'm a big dude. These floors are not made for me, man. It was a scary situation. No, there was literally not even the floor feeling was going to collapse. There was like a hole. Yeah, I remember it was a massive hole that if you fell, it was over. (laughs) I almost walked into the damn hole because I had the tunnel vision. You know, you're looking ahead Mm -hmm. and I stopped myself and I was like, dude, just slow it down. You know what I mean? Relax. And then I looked down and maybe six feet in front of me would have been me plummeting four stories into, you know what I mean? would have been game over so and ever I, since then i was just like mm, i know i know, I, I, I know place, you always panicked you're always yeah. worried about you know someone's gonna sue us see us doing something or something's gonna fall apart tell a story well, look, about the man, house I'm not trying to get sued Hold listen I, i'm a visionary look what's happening now Zip i'm a visionary it. nobody's suing you stop it anyway tell the story about the house you were in that did start to collapse on you you remember which what you, which one the fucking the Waterloo Street. What happened? I, uh, Are you kidding? You don't remember fucking this. remember this? This is the no, only time the house did oh, collapse. I remember coming down the stairs one day and my leg went through the, the stair tread in somebody's house. We're down. Because it was they, just, they had actually removed the, you know, the stair. It yeah. was just carpeted. There was nothing there. So I have big shoes. So I always walk down the stairs sideways so, so I don't trip over my own feet, like with my foot, you know, to the side. And it straight went through down to like my knee. And the rest uh, of the team I was remember you get. I remember you getting moving. hurt like that. So we're yeah, in a, gonna lose a leg. You call. It was last day. This is before when we hit weekends. Mm-hmm. Down on Water Street, I believe. Water or Waterloo. One of the two. 
I've had a lot of concussions. I don't remember everything. Okay. It's crazy you don't remember this because of all this shit of fear you had of houses falling, this is the one that did. Yeah. You guys are in the house. You chase the dude into this abando. Mm. You go upstairs. You just lose him. Whatever. You call for backup. We're all, all racing down. Who was it? Me and Troy? You and Troy and whoever your other partner was. But when you're upstairs... The house fucking shifts on you. Like the whole fucking house like moves and crumbles a little bit. And you're panicking over the fucking radio. Like this fucking house is going to fall down. You guys get out. It falls down the next night. The yeah, house that, fucking collapsed. could have happened, dude. I mean, you know, look, man, I enjoy the job. I'm trying to catch people. I ain't trying to get killed on some silly shit, dude. I'm not going to get final destinations in a crack house. It's not happening. Oh, man. Uh, listen, people have no idea how much fun this fucking shit was. Roofs was the other thing, bro. Roofs no, I've was, never I, gone to roof. Time, I'm, listen, I will admit this. I'm not a fan of heights. I don't mind. I can be in a plane. Nope. I can do whatever. But if, if there's a chance I can fall off of this thing, I don't want to be on a third story roof that hasn't been done in 78 years. You know what I mean, man? There's a roof. You'd have to- there was a job. I believe you might have still been on. Front Knack Street. Still remember it. We go to the house. The fucking kid gets up on the roof through a skylight. Now, mm-hmm. these are high fucking row homes. Basement yeah. is on, you know, street level. Then you got living room. It's like almost four fucking stories. It's snowing. It's miserable oh. out. He gets up there. Now, we corner off the block so he can't get down. We're in the house in which he got out, but we can't get out through the skylight. Mm-hmm. We call fire department. The fire department shows up. They put the fucking ladder up there, and they're like, all right, who's going up? I was like, nope. Yeah. I was like, I ain't doing it. They're like, come on, stop being a pussy, go up. I start climbing up. I'm like, fuck, fuck. I'm like hanging on with dear life. I hate yeah, ladders. Why have I agreed to this? I get up to the top. <laughs> I look. I could see them all the way down. I was like, mm. I walk back down. I was like, rank, I'm pulling rank here. I forget who I said. I was like, your ass is, oh, George. George is yeah. the one that went up there. George's like, okay. Fucking flies up the ladder. To runs be fair down. now, he, he's, he's a much squirrelier guy. He could easily get up there and maneuver. He's a big, no, George is a big dude. That's the crazy thing. He's not a small guy. He just doesn't care. No, I say he's wiry, though. Oh, wiry. wiry and thin. Yeah. So, so he, he can went get up, up there and maneuver easily where the bulkier gentleman can. Yeah. He goes up, gets the dude. Now he brings him back, cuffed. Now he's standing up there with a cuffed prisoner on the roof, on the roof, in like a foot of snow, and we're all down here. He's like, "What do I do?" We're all like, "Uncuff him!" So we uncuff him. Unless you're gonna carry him, what are you gonna do? He uncuffs him, and the dude starts like coming down, and we're all like, "If you fucking do anything stupid, man, we're going." And you can see it's halfway down. He looks both sides, and he's like, "Jump!" And we're like, "Don't do it." Don't fucking do it. Please. We're like, you're going to go to the hospital. Don't make us go to the hospital. We're going to fucking charge you with everything. He's like, oh, fine. And he just fucking comes down. We grab him, lock him up. Oh, And the the firemen were just fucking breaking balls. They're like, yeah, you know, you're afraid to go up there, aren't you? Huh? A little slippery, a little little scary. I was like, yeah, fuck that. Were you you with me? We were somewhere down in South Philly and uh, we got out on a rooftop chase and then couldn't get down. Because we came out some crazy ass. Oh, I don't even I remember that. House. We had to call rescue there? to get you down, right? Yeah. Was that like when you first started? I remember that. No, that was the very first. My very first house ever hit was a South Philly rooftop foot chase. But we the got the guy. One, though, not this one. But that wasn't it. The one you're talking about, we were able to get up there. I forget how. Yeah, there was but, like four or five of us stuck up but there. But we couldn't get back. To, oh, because we went up through. Because it the, was unsafe. It was unsafe. Here's what happened. We chased the kid out through his um, sunroof. Yeah. Right? And we all left and went out. And the fucking people fucking ro- ran out of the house and shut the fucking sunroof on us. Yeah, I knew we were stuck. And so I was we just were like, stuck. We couldn't. What and we the were hell like, am I doing up here? We were knocking on Nate. We had somebody down on the street knocking on doors. Like, yo, can you let our guys in through your sunroof? People were like, no. Yeah. And we had to have rescue come fucking. We had to have the fire department come rescue us. Super embarrassing. It did suck. Well, on that note, I think that's a perfect fucking story to end that. So, (laughs) all right. Well, listen, anybody go on to our Facebook page, hit the, get the like button, comment, whatever you got to do. When we get to that 500 mark, we're going to give away 
a VR set or $300 cash, whatever you want. Um, just get the word out. Next week, I'm, I may have a, a guest for us who uh, wants to come on and talk about, he's like an independent you know, kid trying to be a reporter, mm-hmm. but he exposed some uh, sex trafficking that was going on down in uh, Center City when they were occupying the homeless shelter camp down there. Yeah. That not only was it going on, but the media knew about it, and he got a fucking, he got somebody from the media, from KYW, to admit Mm-hmm. That they knew what was going on and wasn't reported. Like it's shocking that she admitted that. So I'm gonna Good. try to I'd get him on. To talk to that person, man. He's a, he's a, he's a kid that's just trying to expose this shit. Um, and you know, it would, I would love to hear what he's got to say. So sounds good. Look, okay. All right, so let's get there was let's get that message. Get the shit out there. All right, get some fucking people on here, will you? All right, professor. Yeah. Jesus. And yeah, I'm gonna do what I can. I'm gonna push it. All right, and check us out on all the apps, the iHeartRadio, Apple, the whole nine yards, and go to Simple, um, Simple, here we go, Last Out Media, check everybody out there, all right? Peace. Out.